Hello once again, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. And before we get into this week's podcast, of course, a thank you to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free on whichever podcast platform you choose to listen. Thanks to our good friends at Smoke and Jay's Barbecue. If you're ever in the Maslin area or you need an event catered, check out Smoke and Jay's at Smokin' underscore Jay's, J-A-Y-S, BBQ on all social media to get more information on what they have and what they can do and also shoot them a message and uh, have a conversation about what Brock and his his partners there at Smoke and Jay's can do for you. The food is fantastic. Uh, I know that they were working on some meatless options for people, so if that is of interest to you, uh, you know you can inquire about that as well. And thanks to the merger between IWTV and Smartmark Video, watching AIW has never been easier. If you want to purchase DVDs, you're into that physical media, or you want to own an MP4, a digital download of past AIW shows, go to SmartmarkVideo.com. It's the entire AIW catalog, all available to you there. And if you prefer streaming services for $9.99, sign up for IWTV at independentwrestling.tv. Use the code ABSOLUTE so they know that we sent you. And not only can you watch a rotating archive of AIW shows, but countless other independent wrestling promotions as well, along with past interviews and specialty shows. I know The Masked Wrestler is coming back. That's a popular series for them. So a lot of fun there on IWTV. And... With that, we roll into this week's episode, uh, this being the week of WrestleRave 2 at the Winchester Tavern in Lakewood, Ohio. Joined this week, uh, special guest, a bone collector, Dominic Garini, rolling in here. And uh, as always, AIW owner, John Thorne. And my name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts. Gentlemen, it's been a few weeks. Welcome back. <laughs> Tom, it's probably been a few months since you've been on here. Yeah, welcome it's, on it's back. Been a little bit. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah. Uh, before, of course, we get into everything, it is it is a, a hard sell week, uh, but uh, we got to start off with the shout out segment and lead things off. And uh, I tell you what, I'm going to kick things off. Uh, shout out to our guy Eddie Kingston, who has his very first official action figure uh, being released, and we've seen it now. A really exciting time for Eddie. Uh, also, at the time of this recording, we're recording on a Sunday. Uh, Eddie will be facing off, or by the time you listen to this, has already faced off one-on-one with Chris Jericho, a guy that many consider to be uh, one of the goats of professional wrestling uh, on AEW's Revolution pay-per-view. So, uh, big, big week for Eddie Kingston, our guy. Big week, big week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a couple of weeks. We had a little extended layoff there. Um, I know Steve, you were you were busy with some some projects, some comedy projects. Yeah. Uh, I also <laughs> it was weird. I also like got like just your regular like run of the mill cold, but it was it like just destroyed me, like kicked my ass, like just because you know you're just so concerned with like COVID, you kind of forget that. You know, just regular like seasonal colds and sicknesses come around. You know what I mean? And uh, man, it it had me down for took you like, out. Two, like like two weeks almost. I mean, I was just like fucking dead. Uh, oh, so that's what I've been dealing with. 
<coughs> shout out to shout out to Nicholson, the original OG Scoop Daddy. Uh, he tried to get me out to go to the Cavs game about a week ago, but uh, I was just down, down and and out uh, with this fucking sinus infection slash cold thing going on. Uh, shout out to in our time off. Shout out to Botchamania, John Thorne. We made an appearance on Botchamania just through our commentary. Uh, we didn't botch. Yeah, anything, the podcast. The podcast made it on there. <laughs> the, the podcast made it on there. Uh, got some messages from that time. Uh, a popular shout out on the show from time to time is Nick Sanka, and uh, Nick and his younger brother popped into the Flatiron, visited me before they went to go watch some All Star Weekend stuff uh, a few weeks ago. NBA All Star Game was in Cleveland. Uh, and so that was cool to see them. Shout out to the Odeon hosted Shaq's 50th birthday party during that weekend. That's a cool deal, man. I don't, I don't know if Shaq showed up though. No, it was just the party know. was planned and no Shaq. I don't know if Shaq showed up. I know 50 Cent was in there. I don't know if Shaq was. 50 was in the house, man. I saw pictures of 50 in there. No, I didn't see any pictures of Shaq. Oh man. Uh I'll tell you what I did shout though, out. All-Star weekend. I'll tell you what I did. Yeah. What'd you shout do? out to Dustin Alberti. Uh merch man Dustin. Uh, he, uh, took me to the celebrity game. Uh, and then, uh, we were, you know, cracking some beers, having a good time at the, uh, at the Wolstein center for the celebrity game. We decided to buy, to buy tickets to go see a live Nelly concert <laughs> in front of a <laughs> hundred people. Like, man, AIW draws better than Nelly in Cleveland. Uh, it was quite the sight to see. Uh, but we thought it would be funny to go see Nelly for fucking 20 bucks. And, uh, we did. And let me tell you, man, Nelly, that dude has some fucking hits, some fucking hits. He does. Yeah. You don't think about it, but Nelly, shout out to Nelly. Nelly has a shit ton of hits. Well, country grammar. Uh, yeah. Shout out to country grammar. So Dustin and I, shout we, out to yeah, Air Dustin Force and I Wars, had a good dude. time. Yeah. That's nice. Dude. What, what was your, uh, did you have, did you have a favorite in the celebrity game? So I think Miles Garrett. I mean, I don't know. He was the most exciting celebrity to to see. I don't know. You know, it was it, it was what it was. It wasn't anything you know crazy. Yeah, he had some monster blocks. It's pretty sweet, and a, a couple monster dunks. Let's get into it. Let's get into the pod. It's hard. It's hard sell. Hard sell Monday, baby. Boy, our technology just sucks today on a windy day. Uh, hard sell, hard sell. Uh, here we go. So we've got WrestleRave 2, Big Dan Champion debuting for AIW. Uh, a long time coming. He, uh, this is The whole thing with Dan really started, what, when... Uh, well, before we even get into the hard sell, before, before we even get into the hard sell, Yeah, uh, we, we didn't even talk about like how crazy successful... The last Odeon show was. You know, we didn't. It's been that long. <laughs> it was great. Uh, huge turnout. Uh, you know, Sex Ferguson did his thing. Um, you know, I'm still not sure what that whole segment was. We had the return of Eddie Only, and, and it also involved Swoggle and Sex Ferguson. And uh, that was a sight to behold. But there were so many people there to behold that sight. And uh, that was great. We had a Dan Housen pop up. Word behold a lot. Yeah, yeah. Really Too many uses of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, we don't have to break down the entire show, but um, it's it is now streaming. The replay is now streaming on uh, IWTV. I believe the MP <laughs> MP4 and DVD are available on SmartMarkVideo.com. <clears throat> uh, very happy with how, how things turned out. I mean, great, great turnout for the Odeon. Uh, you know, the best since the comeback uh, from the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, all it, it seemed, you know, all systems are are go once again. Let's let's hope we can keep the momentum going this Thursday at the Winchester. Yeah, this Thursday at the Winchester. All right, so to the Winchester, Big Dan Champion. Uh, he was the first person advertised for Wrestle Rave, and it, there are those who really follow indie wrestling and love AIW have been wanting him to pop up for several times. And uh, no doubt this, this has to do with his insane ability to chug a beer. So who better to book for wrestle rave? But, but when did this all start? Was this last, last year when he was down in Florida and you sent guys some money Thorne? Yeah, that's probably the first time I ever uh, spoke to Dan champion. I think in any capacity, I just Venmo him. <laughs> A couple hundred bucks and told them to get drunk at <laughs> WrestleMania weekend last year and uh, buy some people some beers, which he did. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, that's the that's the benefit of these Winchester events is, you know, we can try out different things and do, you know, do things and bring new people in. And, um, <clears throat> oh, my God, I'm coughing still. Justin Summers is going to have my head on a platter. Uh, but, uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just uh, that's one of those things, and that's the that's what we're trying to do with these Winchester events. <coughs> and uh, you know, Dan Champion, we figured you know this was a good time to try it out. You know, he likes the party. Why don't Why don't we bring him to the rave, the Russell rave? Yeah, you know what's perfect is the the four way match that he's into. Uh, speaking of guys that like to party, because. They are, a Chase Oliver and Riley Rose are in there, not known for their partying ways, but they are they are very good. Well, Riley Rose, Riley. Uh, so I don't know. Seen, I've seen Riley. I've seen Riley rocking it at the dive bar quite a bit at the uh, dive bar after parties. That's true. You ever, he gets you ever down at Riley, the dive bar. You ever see Riley trying to grind up with uh, some of those gals on the dance floor at the after party? <laughs> got, he usually has some kind of matching sh- button up short sleeve and shorts combination outfit going on. Yeah, he's he's got he's got like moves. Uh, something like you know, it's usually like uh, I don't know, like like bana- like a outfit full of, like that just has bananas on it or something. <laughs> That's true. He's got so he's got some good outfits. You man. know, it's something like that. You know, he yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he does have a banana banana shirt. shirts or you know like stro- watermelons or something. You know, like he's he's big into like fruit, I guess. But what I was alluding to in terms of rivaling big Dan champion and his drinking, you have lucky 13 also in this match. And folks, if you've ever listened to this podcast, go back. You have to go back a few years because there's a great lucky 13 story. (laughs) I actually, I was actually telling that story last night to uh, Avery good um, who has known Dan and lucky for years. And he had never heard the story. And he just, he was, he looked at me and goes, Oh, that's a terrible idea. What was lucky thinking? Yeah, it was, it was, if I remember right, it was before they faced the headhunters, right? Yes. And he was just, he was just asleep, just passed out basically <laughs> up until the match. 
That's correct. Because uh, I I believe uh, drinking with uh, little Guido all morning is what did him in. He was he was going sh- uh, be or he was going shots for Guido's beers. And I don't think he thought Guido was the drinker he was. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Big big mistake. Terrible. Mistake. No. You don't go drink for drink with Uncle Guido. That's just a terrible decision. Uh, so we'll see how this this plays out. I I imagine that. Um, not to give anything away, or but there's got to be some sort of drinking moment in this match, wouldn't you think? Not, not necessarily. No, you don't think not so? Not necessarily. Like they might just save the drinking for the after party with the shooters, you know? That's right. Hey, if you come to the show, stick around for the after party hosted by the Rip City Shooters. The intense icon Joshua Bishop and uh, Maserati Wes Barkley. Those guys, they know how to New get haircut. Down. New haircut on Wes Barkley. Spoiler alert. Yeah, he's not happy about that. He was unhappy about uh, getting the locks trimmed by that dastardly uh, uh, Matt Cardona. Unbelievable. And Brian Myers, Chelsea Green showed up. Whole big thing. Watch the stream, folks. Uh, So now the the shooters have back to their matching haircuts, pretty much. Or not pretty much, but, you know, they both had the long curly locks, and now they've been trimmed up a little bit. Let's hope Wes Barkley's superpowers are not in his long locks like Philly Callen's superpowers were in his long locks. You know, after he trimmed <laughs> up, after he trimmed that haircut up, changed his ways. Yeah. After after Philly got that Philly got that Shawn Michaels Survivor Series haircut. Then, then he became a bad guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He changes his superpowers were, were in his long locks. Yeah. <laughs> He cut off all the good vibes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, come on, Steve. We got to bring the energy up here on this podcast. Cut off all the, well, hey, you're talking about PME. PME's going to defend the titles against Balking Season. We got a tag team title match. People always want to see titles defended. You're going to see it on this night. PME taking on Balking Season. Uh, Chuck Stone and, and Artie Mack have... Uh, say what you will about Artie Mack, but he and Chuck Stone have, have earned this title shot, I would say. They've been performing. What is, it, what is it you would say about Artie Mac? I want to. <laughs> I, what, what I don't exactly say. Is it? I mean, I don't say anything about Artie Mac. Uh, he's hey. a he's a character. Arthur McCarthy. Hey, I give him all the shit in the world, but Arthur MacArthur, one of the hardest workers in the room, always jumping in the car, always working his hardest. You know, helping out with the U-Haul booking, everything. So you know what? He's uh, him and Chuck. They've been they've been on a tear. They've gotten back all the losses that they had, you know, when they first started team. And I think they're ready. You know, this is going to be a good one. I think so too. I think this is going to be. I mean, a lot of hard hitting stuff going on in this one right here. Uh, I just I see Chuck Stone being thrown on top of Philly and Marino, uh, trying to squash them. Uh, I love when Chuck Stone does basically like. Uh, Earthquake and typhoon style moves. Those are my favorite. Tugboat, if you will. Arthur MacArthur, massive, massive earthquake fan. Is he really? Dude, he he bought an earthquake t-shirt from WBShop.com. <laughs> Why not be a fan of Earthquake? It's great. John Tenta. John Tenta, baby. Uh speaking of titles on the line. Uh, oh, Derek did want me to give uh, in the shout out segment. I missed it. Shout out to the Duke. He's been working hard. It is tax season, but he is doubling down on his hard work this week, folks. Not only taking care of your taxes, but putting the golden boot 
on the line against Kaplan. And uh, Wolf, is this is this the Duke's toughest challenge yet? Oh, by a million miles. <laughs> I I mean, like, what, what do you what do you mean? Of course. Well, that's you know Cap- that's to, to uh, Kaplan is, is on the run. Kaplan's on the run of his life right now. He really is. How long can that run last? And will that run include a new boot? I would, I would, I, I would be shocked if it did not. You think the, the Vegas odds are high on Kaplan here? Oh yeah, he's about plus. He's about fucking plus eight thousand. <laughs> plus eight thousand. Those are pretty good. Pretty good odds. Uh, the Duke of betting man. No doubt he's going to take those odds and bet on himself as he does. Uh, also, we got Eddie Only who came back. Eddie Only, I told you he was in the segment uh, at our Odeon show. We only got to see Eddie Only talk and then basically get beat up. So uh, Wrestle Rave, we get to see Eddie Only versus TKD. And if you guys remember, the original Wrestle Rave at the Winchester is kind of one of the special Eddie only and AIW moments. That's when uh, Eddie only's legend at AIW really came alive as he was in that tag match uh, was a six person tag match and, and had some fun interactions with session moth on that night. And on this night, he's got TKD who uh, no, no stranger to having interesting opponents, uh, you know, like a variety of opponents. Eddie only no Tom Lawler, different kind of match, but TKD going to be up for the challenge. I think. Tom, you got any input on that? Uh, yeah. It should be, it should be interesting. I mean, Eddie's had some time off, not only from AIW, but just wrestling in general. So this is like one of probably his first five or so matches back. Uh, you know, TKD has been a little preoccupied. Congratulations to our very own TKD on becoming a flight attendant for frontier. I believe. Right. Yeah, I don't remember who it was for, I, but uh, I think it's from. Yeah, I think it's from. Yeah, so congratulations to, to to him. So I know he's been, you know, really busy with that. So it should be an interesting matchup. You know, two guys or you know, two guys who have had some time off. You know, looking to get back in there, getting the win column. Is this promo photo has Eddie only with a cigarette in his mouth? You think is he going to wrestle that way? Uh, I mean. Could I mean hopefully if he does he doesn't get uh doesn't get the Winchester in trouble for smoking indoors. <laughs> He's got a. Well, Do you remember that already, when you used to be able to, when you used to be able to smoke indoors? Oh yeah, my um, parents loved that. I when I first started bartending years ago it was when you could still smoke indoors. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, like right. Have, yeah, I remember we, when I was like first turning twenty one, you were people were still smoking in in bar. Yeah, we used to have these really loud, obnoxious smoke eaters sitting in the bar to try to, you know, collect it. It's just ventilation to just push it all outside. And they were so loud and obnoxious. And, uh, but you didn't think anything of it back then in terms of like your health and, and being around it. And then, then I remember when the smoking stopped and I was bartending. And then for the first time I went out of state and I went into a, a bar that had smoking. I was like, man, the air does just feel so much thicker than what I am now newly accustomed to without smoke. I, I didn't think that I would notice that much of a difference, but crazy times back then. And everybody always had smoking and non-smoking sections as if it made a difference. Cause it was all under one roof. 
right now, like you could just tell, like as a non-smoker, you could tell if like somebody smoked a cigarette. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's so blatantly obvious now. Yeah. I used to go home and my clothes would all smell like cigarette smoke. Time. <clears throat> but anyway, back to Russell Rafe. Dominic Greeny, you're here. So let's talk about it. You have had these thorns in your side uh, in terms of Brian Carson, Casey Carrington. Uh, Ethan Wright was there, but it looks like you've plucked that thorn. And uh, on this night, Russell Rafe. Thank good you. Pun there. Appreciate that. Uh, Brian Carson, you get him one-on-one at Russell Rave. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I guess the idea is take take the uh, whatever academy they want to call themselves out one by one. Uh, you know, I use my good friend Filthy Tom, uh, shout out to Filthy Tom, um, to help take out Ethan Wright last show. So now, you know, I'll go ahead and uh, look to take out, you know, Brian this show. Um, this is Brian's first singles match probably in a while. Um, so I'm interested to see how Brian handles that. I'm also interested to just see how Brian, who wrestles probably twice a month now, if he's lucky, handles, you know, me getting back in there. I, I feel fully ready and I feel like I'm back from my break and I feel like I'm hitting a good stride right now. So I'm interested to see how he can handle that and overall just kind of see how he's still there. You know, Brian was one of the first Academy graduates, you know, he wrestled Johnny. He wrestled. Little, you think there's a little animosity there on his, uh, from, coming from him? Yeah, I for sure do. You know, Brian was one of those guys that came through that first class of AIW students. And I was probably the third, I would say. And there's gotta be a little animosity towards maybe my successes, me running the school, things like that. Like there's definitely a little sour grapes there from Brian. So we'll see how that all goes come Thursday night. Oh, come on. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. Dom, I want to say, I want to say this about you, Dominic Garini. You made a post either today or yesterday about uh, just working your ass off. Once you realize you're going to get back into the ring and the work that you've put in, to get into the shape that you currently are in and no doubt continuing to put in the work. Yeah. Uh, man, good, uh, good for you, man. Pump. What are you doing? Let's give, let's give the people some tips. Two, two shout outs for sure. For me on this one is actually on this podcast. So it's Thorne. Uh, John and I had, had a discussion right at the beginning of the year. Um, and it was very much of like, Hey, like, you got the second chance. Let's take it seriously. And, and and he got with me on that. And then, you know, my tag partner, you know, and other promotions, Kevin Koo and I kind of talked and he has had a good body transformation as well. So I wanted to see what he was doing. So the big thing that I started was I pay for an app called RP strength. Um, it's available in the app store and the Google play store. It, you get two weeks for free and then it's $15 a month. And essentially what you do is, is it makes an eight week diet plan for you. Um, it's very easy to do because what you do is, is you're able to base your entire diet off of your sleep schedule, your workouts intensity, and what your goal is. So some people might use this app to put weight on. Some people might use this app to lose weight like I did. And then, I, like I said, it kind of all gets based off of that. So that's the first step of it. The second step was then, you know, creating a diet that made sense. 
and something that I could do every week. And the big thing with that was then going to the grocery store every Sunday, buying groceries and spending three, four hours every Sunday meal prepping, which has been probably the hardest thing, especially with the increasing wrestling schedule that I've had. But it's been very rewarding. The last part of this is going to the gym every day. Um, I will be the first to admit I'm not the most massive fan of working out. I like doing like in-ring stuff. I like doing jujitsu. I like doing things like that. But like lifting weights, doing cardio has never been my bag. Um, but it's been one of those things that I've just made myself like. Um, the other good thing about doing so much cardio has been the ability to watch a lot more wrestling, you know, watch more of our shows, watch more indie shows all around. Um, so mainly my goal has been when I started this diet was to adhere to the diet 100%. On top of adhering to the diet 100%, burn a minimum of 1,500 calories a day. Wow. So, there you go. It's been a big thing. So that's been the big the big thing. So I'm actually – I just finished the diet for right now for the eight weeks. So I'm going to take about a week off, uh, keep mostly on the same stuff, but enjoy some of the meals that I haven't had a chance to enjoy. And then probably the week after next, I'll get right back on it and kind of keep on with it. What's a meal that you uh you're gonna go enjoy right now? Uh, so coming from the Canton area, we have some good pizza places down here that are kind of exclusive. Uh, Krause's Pizza. I think I might get that tonight while I watch Revolution. Okay. Krause's Pizza. Good to know. What kind of pizza? Uh, probably they they do like the crumbly sausage, so a little bit of the crumbly sausage, and maybe they they have the pepperonis that curl up, so get get a little pepperoni and sausage. That's uh-huh. my go to. That's a go to pizza. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Keep it, keep it. It's simple, but when people do simple right, it tastes so good. Hard to beat, hard to beat. Uh, Dominic Carini, you might have just changed somebody's life with those, with that that app and throwing out your tips, man. That would would have to make so. you feel special. I, <laughs> AIW student Donhausen has been following the app, and he's I think he's down like six pounds. So I know he's feeling good. So I, I encourage everybody to you know look into the stuff like this. Not, I mean, you know, not only, you know, because of your medical situation and all Mm -hmm. that, I think like, honestly, you know, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think just the overall depression of like the entire pandemic has been awful for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's been awful for me. It's been awful for several people within, you know, the AW organization because like, it was just, it's like. What's the, like, what's the point of doing anything? You know what I mean? You can't do anything. And then, you know, you're just like, people were confined to their houses. And, you know, I know some people that are still working from home, you know what I mean? Like there's just been so much kind of um, uh, collateral damage to the pandemic as far as I think just general like health and being in shape for a lot of people. (coughs) So I think, you know, uh, probably a lot of people are listening and probably thinking like, wow, you know what I mean? Especially over these like last two weeks where it seems like COVID has just like totally disappeared from the world, you know, like there's no more masks. There's all this other stuff going on. Um, I think probably a lot of people are, are, you know, hoping, Hey, you know, when, when am I going to, when am I going to get back, you know, back on a routine again? And uh, you know, maybe after hearing what you're doing, yeah, they'll start today. Speaking of the masks, they were big, big talks on my flights this weekend that the the flight 
masks are going to be gone in about a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that would be the last, that would be the last place. I mean, even my job who has been really like super on the, you know, kind of, uh, I guess leading the charge, so to speak, as far as like downtown, uh, Cleveland businesses, uh, they have had a mask mandate forever and they just lifted the mask mandate finally, uh, last Monday. So, uh, an airplane would be probably the last place where I would be required to wear a mask. Yeah. They Uh, were saying the Southwest flight crew today was saying when they were giving their announcements that, uh, we're almost at the end of the tunnel. And then when I was on a Delta flight on Friday, they had said that they were likely going to revisit it in two weeks. And there was a very good chance that they were going to lift those regulations. With all this said, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, by all means, yes, please do. I feel comfortable with the vaccine and the booster. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like everyone feels, everyone has their own form of comfort. Uh, I personally can't wait to get rid of having to wear a mask. You know, I've, 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 abided by everything yep. i've gotten all my shots you know what i mean like um but you know there are people that still want to wear a mask and that's totally fine too like i i think that everyone hopefully by at this point we can stop politicizing all of this shit you know and just like you do what you want to do i'll do what i want to do you know and like let's let's just move on because <clears throat> and i don't know if it's because it's so so nice out today in cleveland but um Man, it just feels like we are on the verge of just a, you know, a, a whole new, you know, world, so to speak, uh, heading into spring and summer here. Uh, speaking of all of that, um, we probably should get confirmation, I guess, again from Winchester. Even though it looks like we're at the the end here, we got the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it is their their venue, not our rules, but in the past we've had to do uh vax cards and or negative tests do we know if that's still the case we need to let people know as they attend the show this week uh i've not heard anything different you know what i mean but uh i don't know you know it seems like it seems like everywhere is is pretty much you know really kind of revving back on all that stuff uh i can reach out but as of now i've not been told anything has changed there Okay, so stick to your your guns, folks, and th- those are your expectations as of now. So uh, <clears throat> let's get back to the matches here. We talk about um, the Winchester being a great opportunity to have some debuts. Uh, Big Dan Champion, of course, one of them we've already talked about. Uh, and then we have a couple others. We have uh, Alice Crowley, who's going to be taking on Megan Myers. And uh, is not somebody... Uh, I have any clue much about her. Um, I'm assuming at least Dom probably yes, does. This, the guy this, gets this around. was this was my booking. Um, well, so before, before you before you get into it, I just wanted to reiterate: this is kind of uh, the Winchester shows are kind of Dom's little bit of of training ground. You know, mm-hmm. Dom has kind of taken on the what I guess most people would call like the assistant booker, so to speak, title. Uh, in old school territory type days, <clears throat> he kind of, you know, puts together ideas and then, you know, he's kind of like, he's kind of like the first draft and I come in and I, I, I polish things up and kind of rearrange a lot of things. And I think from there, Dom yeah. kind of learns 
kind of the like next level of, of, of how to put things together. But um, these Winchester shows, especially I kind of give Dom a little bit more of a, you know, a leash, so to speak, to go out and, and uh, do certain things and book new people, because that's really, you know, that's really the point of these Winchester shows is to look at new talent feature kind of talent that doesn't get featured all the time. And, you know, mix in a couple of our, you know, regular mainstay roster members. So with that said, I will, I will turn it over to to Dom to, to discuss this particular match. Yes. Uh, so it came down uh, a little later and we had kind of, you and I discussed wanting to do, wanting to get Meg on the card and it was a process to try to find a female. Um, so I kind of went through who I remember having seen through my travels um, as well as it came down to who was within driving distance mixed with, with were they coming with anybody else. So Alice Crowley is 19 years old. She has been wrestling since she was 16, um, mainly in the Indianapolis, Louisville area. She was trained by Billy Rock, I believe. And she's had quite a bit of experience out of Mid-South Shimmer, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, So I, I figured it would be the perfect chance to kind of integrate her onto a card and see how she can do as well as, you know, it's up to us to, you know, see how Meg Myers is progressing and getting her more matches is what's going to make her a better wrestler. You over always told you and Biggins always told me Thorne when we started that pro wrestling is learned in the ring, as opposed to in school, you can teach somebody a perfect sequence in a wrestling school, but it doesn't mean anything. If it doesn't, isn't done in front of a crowd, you don't see how they react. Yeah, makes sense there. Uh, so, what's, and it's I all, guess- it's it's also better to see, you know, it, it, like I don't have time to watch a lot of stuff. You know, I don't watch a lot of other indies. Um, but you know, I, Dom is kind of out there in the trenches, you know, and, and he right. sees people. So, for me, you know, if there's an opportunity to where I can just see them in the AW environment, that's a lot. Uh, that, that's a lot better for me than to watch a YouTube match or something like that, you know? Yeah, for, for sure. I've always made this joke to some people, especially over the last couple of years that I'm like your JR in terms of I'm the senior vice president of talent relations. So like if somebody's coming for a tryout, like they usually go through me um, to kind of put them in front of you. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I just don't, I just, you know, anymore, like I just don't have, I don't have the time with, you know, how things have progressed in my real life career. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to, um, be so locked in, you know, like, and that's, to be fair, you know, that's kind of how it always was, you know, when Biggins was around, Biggins Mm -hmm. watched everything, paid attention to everything, was on every message board, (coughs) was, you know, you know, watching every hot indie at the time always kind of had his pulse on things. So <clears throat> it's always been kind of that good um, balance within AIW. Um, I just don't have, I, I just, there's not enough hours in the day to watch the things that we get emailed. You know what I mean? Like we get emailed multiple times a day and it's just like, it's much easier if, you know, Dom sees somebody and says, Oh, Hey, this person would, would fit in to what we're doing. 
or when we did the new talent initiative, that is mm-hmm. obviously a whole different thing as well. Yeah. Which obviously I've had people ask about that and it's something that you and I have looked into. It's, it's got to work out timing wise more. So it's got to be one of those things where we likely do it on an Akron date. And this first Akron date was bad for me because I'm traveling to Canada the night before for a show. And then I believe in May it's not going to work out either. So we'd like to do one of those by the end of the year for sure. It'll just come later in the year. All right. So then we go to our other debut. So then there's folks, you know, Dom's got his finger on the pulse. He's at places. And then, but we still get wrestlers who come to AIW, help with setup, do things. And then the Winchester show again serves as a little bit of a reward. Hey, you know, you've been helping out. Uh, some of the folks here backstage seem to really like you, know who you are from other shows that you've been on. We're going to throw you a bone here. And that happens on this night. Members only taking on Original Sins, who Thorne has mentioned on on social media, (laughs) knows nothing about. Yeah, it's not a lie. lie. I mean, I I literally know nothing about them. So this this spot was originally supposed to go to the Von Englands. They had a scheduling conflict, and I knew right away – that I wanted to reward the original sins. Uh, these two guys have been coming and they've been setting the ring up. They've been helping with whatever we need for the last, I think four or so months. And to me, this is a discussion I had with John. There has to be a light at the end of the tunnel for these guys. Uh, we have to give them an opportunity to show what they can do. And it's very similar to how Thorne kind of contextualizes the students. I'm going to give them a chance to sink or swim. If they go out on Thursday and they kill it, then we will reassess and hopefully these, these guys will be seeing more Winchester dates. If they go out and they lay an egg, then they're probably headed back to the ring crew. But you know what? That's entirely on them and their opponents and members only here, you know, to go out on Thursday and, and really steal the show. Where did these guys roll in from Dom? They, uh, they roll in from Indianapolis, the Indianapolis area. So they uh, were, I was able to put them and Alice Crowley together. So it was kind of two birds with one stone, um, I know that they wrestled the Bitcoin boys a couple years ago on a show that I got the Bitcoin boys booked on. But at that time, I think they had maybe had three matches. The Bitcoin boys had three or four matches. So there's been a lot of growth between them. They, the sins have, you know, been very cool with a lot of our kids. They worked, have worked a lot of the same shows via the pandemic era and stuff. So like the Bitcoin boys have worked them. I think bulking season has worked them. Members only, you know, in a galaxy far, far away has worked them. So there's familiarity there and all of them, you know, put good words in for the original sins. So it was something I felt completely comfortable in booking with. All right. Sounds good to me. You're the man here when it comes to that. Uh, Am I missing any? I think that's it in terms of matches. That's all we've announced. Um, There's more. Yeah, there's there's a couple more. Yeah. Um. Casey Carrington will be taking on uh, the Weirdster. <coughs> Called in my heavy my heavy muscle for Casey Carrington on this one. Oh, there, that's a good good idea. Last time we saw the Weirdster uh, at the Winchester, pulled uh, so far the upset of the year, uh, rolling up Big Twan Tucker. Yeah, we. I mean, this is the 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 Winchester is going to be you know where the where the Weirdster is probably featured the most. Um, we also have uh, still yet to be announced nine to five versus uh, Derek and Ziggy. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, the production will be there. Okay. Bobby Orlando versus Isaiah Broner. Bob, Bobby Orlando, another guy that's been jumping in the cars, coming in, setting up, helping out. You know, so it's this one is a this one's a very tall task for him, but we'll see if uh, the goat the goatest of all time is up for it. Bobby yeah, Orlando I mean, really fits in. Oh, go ahead, John. Well, sometimes you know what I mean. That's just the bad luck of the draw. That's you know that's what's open on the board. You I'll know, tell you what, though, could pull the upset of the year. You never know. Right. You know, <laughs> he is, you know, I would say probably a little bit more experienced than Isaiah Broner. I will give him that. <coughs> yeah, Isaiah Broner, Isaac though, is, is a fucking, I mean, he's a supernova right now. You know I what I mean? Say, this I guy's exploding. Supernova. He's exploding what, what, right now. What Isaiah Broner lacks in experience, uh, he makes up for in being Isaiah Broner. So there is that. Uh, Bobby Orlando is, is a guy that's, uh, endeared himself to the crowd at the last Winchester show. But I also think that his personality uh, fits very well into wrestle rave in terms of just absolutely. Conceptually. And, you know, he's, he's been making a name for himself. You know, he's regularly featured um, on beyond. He's been doing some stuff with barstool sports. Uh, so, you know, he, he's making a name for himself uh, out of the creative pro school, you know, trained by our good friend, Brian Myers. Um, so certainly a lot of upside to to Bobby Orlando, no doubt. But Isaiah Broner, man, this is, I mean, I think the crowd's going to be a little bit torn on this one. Uh, they they loved Bobby Orlando, but there's no denying the the chemistry or, you know, just the love affair that the AIW crowd has with Isaiah Broner right now. The, the supernova, as you guys uh, certainly have described him. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the Wrestle Rave the aesthetics, so to speak, uh, John Thorne, the glow sticks are coming. Are they not? Oh yeah. I got about 800 glow sticks uh, sitting on my kitchen table right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I know and, and various other glowy things. There will be other glowy things, not just glow sticks. Uh, I know one young man, AIW fan, even though, uh, maybe you're not a fan of his John Thorne, uh, Ed from Pond Van Dam, never been to the Wrestle Rave before. Want to know if he needed a dress like it was a rave? Hell yeah, man! You, this is Wrestle Rave. You, you wear your rave gear, whoever you are, folks. Well, you uh, certainly got that right. I am not a fan of his. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sources indicated that uh, that would probably be accurate. So, and uh, I did tell. Speaking of Pod Van Dam, I did tell old uh, Ronald Two Legs who will be uh, on the ones and twos again at the Winchester. Uh, that I would like a playlist uh, that sounds like it is a, a 2003 meth lab, you know, when meth was a designer drug and not a hillbilly drug. I wanted to, you know, when it was the drug of the youth in the early 2000s, you know what I mean? I want it to be like uh, Brittany Murphy and spun in the Winchester on Thursday. RIP Brittany Murphy. Uh, yeah. So a lot of glowy things dress accordingly, folks, you know, feel free to dress the part. Uh, I think, a lot of neon colors. I'm imagining a bunch of fishnet action. Uh, I don't. I don't know what else. You, and and uh, we are bringing a hula hoop. We're giving all of the glowy things away completely for free. Um, at the door, uh, invested quite a bit. Uh, I think there's some, you know, glow in the dark sunglasses. There are all sorts of <coughs> different things. Some glow in the dark balls. I think I have down there. Um, all kinds of stuff. Um, tickets though, we, I would like, if we could sell 
about 50 more tickets between now and Thursday. Um, tickets are, you know, uh, unusually light uh, for the Winchester and for the lineup that we're putting together. Um, nowhere near what it was uh, in January <coughs> for Ether. So I would like to, uh, you know, if we can get about 50 more tickets sold between now and Thursday, I think that will be a uh, acceptable uh crowd attendance this this is one of those events folks that uh i think you're just going to want to attend and be there and not just for the card and the lineup but this is like uh, this is one of those things where we get close to it's a party but hey we're also going to have wrestling there you know we're gonna we'll blend it a little bit with all the extra that's going on into this in terms of what you get as fans yeah we're trying to uh, make a fun environment it's trying to be an atmosphere um so come on out and, you know, hang out with us. I, I think it should be fun. It's a fun lineup. Um, we're going to try to, you know, like I said, you know, we're going to have <coughs> rave music going on, lots of uh, glowy things passed out. Um, you know, the Rip City Shooters will be hosting the after party. We're going to try to keep it going for uh, until the Winchester kicks us out on Thursday night. Big Dan Champion will be there. Kaplan's going to be there. I'd imagine there's going to be some uh, beer chugging going on after the event. Um, so it should be it, it should be a fun time, you know, all all around. And maybe Kaplan will be drinking those beers out of the Golden Boot. He might, yeah. That's what I was going to say. You know, and hey, we're going to be streaming this on IWTV. So the more of you that come into attendance, then the cooler this is all going to look on IWTV as well. Uh, so we really need you to show tickets, up and, and show and out. Tickets there. only tw- tickets only twenty bucks. Um, there you, you go. Know, these <clears throat> we are making these Winchester shows uh, much more affordable um, than you know the premium ticket that say you know with the premium seating at the Odeon and the Tadmore Shrine and things like that. First come, first serve. All tickets twenty bucks. Uh, we're going to have limited chairs available for the people that arrive early, and um, you know. We're going to go from there. Shop.arwrestling.com. Hard sell it. You know, we're hard selling it. Like I said, yeah. if we could sell 50, 50 tickets, I, I, I'll i I'll be extremely happy with that if we can sell 50 more tickets. Dom Greeny, are you going to have any uh, glowy ring attire or all business taking on Brian Carson? Uh, so I have two sets of new gear coming, but I don't know if they'll be done in time. Um one would be green, so it would make sense, but I, I doubt it will be here in time. I will likely get it for my Crockett Cup date the week after. Um, but I'll wear some 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 neon shoes. I've got a couple pairs of neon shoes that I think will look good in the uh, attire. And if Thorne tosses me a glow stick, I'll wear a glow stick out. Why not? All right. All right. Tom Green getting down for the Russell Rave. You'd love, love to hear it. You heard it here first, folks, on the card is going to change. Uh, Dom Greeny loves him a wrestle rave. There you go. Uh, should we get to some some questions from the Discord and, and other fans here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. We'll start with twi- Twitter. We only have one question on Twitter. Has Steve Guy thought any more about being a manager in AIW? Is that from Aeros? It is from Dead Evil Ash on Twitter. I don't know who that is. Well, Just, Steve, uh, you're the man of the hour now. Answer the question. Um, I mean, I've always thought about being a manager, but I've said this many times. You know, it's uh, while it's something I want to do and I enjoy doing commentary, uh, the Winchester shows give me the opportunity to do commentary because I can be right there ringside. So I don't have to like 
rush around. I'm not far away. Um, so that kind of satisfies that. But uh, yeah, my answer would be fun being somebody's mouthpiece. But I am, you know, AIW is a team effort. So I uh, do what is necessary and and needed for the team to to get everything going. So right now that's still ring announcing. And um, part of that is also because Pedro handles the finances and everything so well. Uh, we need him to be that role. Everybody, we know our roles. We do well at it. Uh, you know, if the time ever came, sure, be somebody's mouthpiece. That'd be a great time. I'd love it. But that's- speaking of uh, speaking of commentary, shout out to Nathan Zagira from the Browns organization who uh, stopped by and uh, jumped on some commentary <coughs> at the last Odin show in February. Uh, yeah. wanted to uh, wanted to try uh, try his hand at it, and uh, did you know we threw him in there, and he did extremely well. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, you expect that, you know, the guy's got that, uh, not necessarily wrestling commentary, but he's got that broadcaster background. Did a good job. Definitely fun to have him on there. Uh, all right. From the discord. Uh, here we go. Question one already know some of this answer. We've talked about it before, but I'll read the question. How important was Kikutaro in the process of booking Japanese talent in the past? And who was the in between on getting Suzuki to be booked for the 22nd? I will say we've talked about Kikutaro previously on here. Uh, he was very crucial uh, in that process. John Thorne, you've touched on that before, but specifically yeah. here, what's your in-between on uh, getting Suzuki? So Kikutaro was was uh, very, you know, <laughs> instrumental, obviously, in, in helping, especially when he was located in the States. You know, unfortunately, he is no longer in the States, so <clears throat> it is a little bit more difficult to... Um, you know, communicate with him, you know, he had, because <laughs> uh, sometimes he would text me from a Japanese number. Sometimes he would text me from an American phone number. Um, so I've not really heard from him since uh, the pandemic, but um, for Suzuki, I went uh, directly through new Japan office. Uh, I've been in communication with the new Japan office for a few years Um and things just have never lined up for whatever reason. <coughs> um, and it just, you know, it, it just finally, ha- it, it finally happened. Um, I was, uh, you know, the, the price, the, the, the price tag is, is, is pretty steep. I'll say that. Um, but um, I look at it as, you know, trying to trying to grow that relationship with New Japan. Um, you know, you're you're obviously Suzuki is a legend, <laughs> but coming through on that, I think, will maybe make them realize. You know, we're a little bit more serious when you know we inquire. Um, so this is just kind of uh, the first step and kind of you know creaking that door open a little bit. But uh, it was it was <laughs> directly through the New Japan office. Does does having Tom Lawler regularly on your show as a guy that is you know more part of the NJPW fold now uh, with the strong does that help the credibility at all? I don't think so. Okay. I I, yeah. I, I, I I don't think they even look at that. Yeah. From from my discussion with Tom, they really kind of treat the Japanese office and this kind of more quasi American office completely differently. Okay. Um, all right. Question here from one of our, uh, friends that handle photography and, uh, 
Before I read this question, again, we love the, the photos that you all come up with. Just want to know. You'll know that. Uh, why can't we use our flash at the Odeon? Is it AIW, SmartMark, or the Odeon, or all of the above? And uh, I think I could probably... Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I really, I really, <laughs> I really have no idea about that. It's, it's, it's more of... Well, so it's a couple things. A, it is a little bit of a SmartMark thing. And with the flashes going, and then you got the, the ringside camera uh, person, they can find that distracting. Um, so there's there's an issue there. That was a whole thing in the past. Um, I think it was even specifically uh, maybe Gary who asked that the people not do what he preferred it. But then also the other side of it is for the performers. You know, you come to the Odeon uh, surrounding the ring and everything. It is a bit darker. I know our fans love that atmosphere. It feels very uh, grungy, you know, indie rock feel like that's what we have going on there at the Odeon. Uh, and the fans love that atmosphere. They become more engaged. Um, but so the flashes can be also distracting in terms of performers. I've had multiple performers mention stuff about that. Dom, I'm sure you can speak to whether or not it bothers you, but um, there's some people who you know, it just got a little excessive. You'd have five, six flashes going off at once. If you get a guy in the top rope, man, about to do some sort of big spot. Yeah. It, it's a lot. To, it's like, this isn't WrestleMania in the sky dome where there's a lot of distance between us. You know, the fans are right on top of us. So that stuff does that also like from my time and doing some photography and stuff, sometimes the actual flash washes out the pictures. So they're not as good as kind of like that dark dingy, uh, background with the the natural lighting that we have above the ring. So, but yeah, it's it, the proximity of of the fans to us makes it much more difficult. There you go. That's that's the big answer there. Um, moving right along. Oh boy, I'll get to that one in a second. You guys aren't ready for that question. Uh, any thought of running another blood sport event, or was it the perfect storm of running the night before UFC pay per view? Well, I think our branding was a little bit hijacked, but yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that's a story for another day. But uh, I think it was just the perfect storm, you know, really because UFC was in Cleveland and we were able to kind of latch on to that, <clears throat> and um, you know, it just made it just made sense, you know, and we were able to get a lot of members of the media uh, to show up. Ariel Hawani was there, John Pollock, all, all sorts of different uh, people Esther. that were in town. Esther, yeah, yeah, Esther Lynn, um, TJ Wilson uh, was was in the house. Tyson Kidd, all sorts of people were, uh, oh, were in the house. Oh, Frank Noel, yeah. Um, so it just kind of made sense. Um, but now you know what I mean. Even though we did that first, now if we did AIW Bloodsport two, everyone would be like, "Oh, you guys are ripping it off." You know what I mean? So it's just you know one of those things. <laughs> Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to look for another Van Damme movie or something like that. Best of the best, dude. That's a good one, but that's an old CZW title, yeah. so we we get oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, I, I think also another thing that makes Bloodsport a teensy bit harder was that one of the big things that we had on that first Bloodsport was a lot of like MA influenced people, and a lot of those people aren't available now, um, or. They don't necessarily like there are full on shows now, like dedicated towards more of like a shoot style type thing. So I think that, you know, Tom's a normal roster member. 
I'm a normal roster member and the, and the other MMA kind of crossovers kind of aren't there anymore. Obviously Shana being gone. Uh, the other guy that we booked that, you know, wasn't all that enthusive of us, uh, you know, guys like that, you know, I'm not saying we wouldn't bring Dan Severn back, but you know, it's one of those guys that's been in here quite a few times. So I don't know. It'd be, it'd be something that would have to find, maybe find the right guy, right? Thorne, the right MMA inspired name. Yeah. I mean, it, you just, <coughs> it's just one of those things. It, it just made sense at the time. I just don't know that it would make sense again. Nah, same. Oh man. If only we had a student with an MMA background, other than be great, but, uh, Oh, well we don't, um, Next question. When are we getting another razor sharp match on an AIW show? I love the follow-up. I know I won't be ready regardless of when it's announced, but still curious. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. The razor the razor man, I haven't seen him posted about the pink drink. I, you know, he gives he gives me some great messages and stuff, but I got we gotta know the razor man's serious. You know, he was he was really dialed in, come go for broke, but you know, I haven't seen him as much. I mean, we'd love to get the Razor Man in there, you know, but he's got to, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to earn the merits, you know. That's 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 fair. That's fair. Uh, Thorn, I'll just take your I don't know as it as the answer. That's perfect. Uh, next question: Since it is Women's Achievement Month, uh, that's that is this month March. Uh, Mount Rushmore of women wrestlers. <laughs> well, since it's Women's Achievement Month, I don't want to discredit any of the women that have ever participated in an AIW ring. So I don't really want to answer that question. <laughs> what about of all time, though? No? No? No. I mean, I, like, there's uh, there's a ton of incredibly talented women that have performed for AIW over the years. Uh, it would be hard to just narrow it down to four. Honestly, um, so I'm just gonna not do it. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that one. I, I mean, yeah, that's you know that's a fair assessment too because we've had some. There are some legendary women wrestlers who passed through AIW um, during the what this we're going in the 17th year of AIW. So um, early on, there were and. Um, there are obviously people who are wrestling on television now who have, uh, passed through and, you know, even someone, I'm not saying I'm throwing her on, I'm just throwing it as an example. You know, we've had Mercedes Martinez on at this point. So it's like, that's, yeah, where do you, where do you go on that? That's really hard to, uh, you'd have to put, you'd have to lay down some specific parameters, I think, to really even try to, to do that, you know? Are they people who change the game for women wrestlers? Is it just about ability? Is you know bringing different things to the forefront? Uh, too much thought to go into that one, a Rose. And to John's point, don't want to leave anybody out. So people people have uh, people have feelings, and we've gotten in trouble with hurting feelings on this thing before from uh, even members of the office chat, but not mentioning their names. So. <laughs> uh, still, pay, still paying for that Christmas special. 
still yeah. paying for the Christmas special. Yeah, exactly. It's always a Rose that tries to get us in trouble with these things. You know, it's like no matter how hard we try and, and bring nice things for people. Just mention one not thing. Uh, if John Thorne, oh, my, I already know the answer to this one. And I think we've talked about it on here before, but maybe not. Maybe it was just in the Discord you talked about it. If John Thorne got inducted into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, who would he choose to put him in? I would say, no, I don't want to participate in that. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't think, I think Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame is silly. Like, nobody has ownership over Independent Wrestling. Therefore, like, like, unless it's like a board of like a hundred independent wrestling promoters that like, and it's not just like some guy saying, Hey, this is a person, you know what I mean? Like it's silly. Yeah. It should, there should be members of multiple. It's not like, multiple a, it's not like a vote. It's not like, it's not like a board of directors that vote on who goes into the independent wrestling hall of fame. It's like a, one person's opinion. And like, I don't think anybody has ownership over independent wrestling. So it's silly. It's silly to me, you know, like I, I just, <clears throat> I get, you know, uh, the people that did it probably felt really good about it, but I don't get, I don't give a shit about any sort of recognition at all. Like I, that's just not, that's just not a thing that I care about. Uh I don't know if you guys saw this story and it was shared in the discord after I asked it. So hopefully you had a chance to look, uh, last night there was a fan incident, uh, at a Detroit show. Have we had any similar incidents where untrained people show up at an event and try to talk their way onto an event? Um, I mean, not recently, but I mean, I know specifically like in the, uh, early two thousands, um, there were a lot of uh, Undertaker and Kane's third brother that would pop around at indie shows and uh, try to get try to get in that way. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I think wrestling has pretty much evolved so much beyond that. Like that sort of thing isn't going to happen at an AIW event or any sort of um, respected independent. I don't think. <laughs> I, I think that you know there are plenty of indies that do allow stuff like that, and you don't hear anything about them. They exist in their own little bubbles um, where anybody can show up and be a wrestler. There's plenty in Cleveland like that, um, and I'm sure there's plenty like that in every city. Um, but no, I don't think I, that's that's never really <coughs> happened in any sort of serious manner in an AIW event uh, at all. I do remember in like 2005, though, some like five foot four guy trying to tell me that he was Kane and Undertaker's third brother. <laughs> well, and I think this goes back to, to um, you know, what we were talking about earlier in terms of booking the Winchester shows. You know, there there is a process set up at AIW in particular now where this would not happen presently or in the future. You know, there's a whole vetting process, uh, not only – are you being made aware of people and then you might do your research, but you've got Dom Dom is, you know, it's, nobody knew is really going to get booked. If Dominic green doesn't necessarily know who they are uh, or have seen them perform. So there's, there's that. And Dom's going to then run it by you. So there's this whole thing. It's not like somebody could just walk in and 
and be unknown and talk his way onto the show because there's also so many other people who are going to get those opportunities ahead of time that are there. You know, it's, it's very rare that if somebody is coming in and starting to do, let's say ring crew, that somebody wouldn't be like, wouldn't know who that person is. I don't think that's ever happened where somebody's, you know, just coming to start doing ring crew and nobody there knows who they are. Um, and even so that person wouldn't just be thrown on uh, to a show without the final two people in Dom and John not knowing who they yeah, are. I mean, I think there's so many lines of defense in an AW event. They would never get that far. Yeah. 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 It's not like I I've seen said video that we're talking about. And it very much looks like it was almost like the promotion put this guy up to it. And in, like, no offense, and John and I have had this talk, like, to us, that's just, like, Bush League indie bullshit. And, like, our fans expect a lot more out of us than that. Like, the, yeah, like, 10, who seconds, gives a- the, ten, the 10 seconds of viral fame is not worth it to make your company look lower level and shindy. Yeah, like, who gives a fuck about embarrassing this guy in front of 30 people? Like, I don't know. Like... It's it, it can be handled it, like it, that's the one thing that I do hate about, you know, like especially like the lower level local independent wrestling shit is just like this, like, I don't know, like they're the ones that think they are like so important, you know what I mean? And like they like got off on like embarrassing this guy in the middle of the ring or whatever. He could have very easily just been like asked to leave, you know, and it's yeah. it's over like but it's like, hey, you know, we're for the fucking business, everybody. Like, fucking brotherhood. Fucking this fucking mark. Try to come into our fucking territory. Like, it's just such fucking, like, nonsense. You know what I mean? Like, who gives a fuck? Just say, hey, man, get out of your underwear and put some pants on and, you know, go stand in the, go, go in the crowd or have a nice day. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they yeah. did some whole thing where it's like to embarrass the guy and, like, it's always the people that are fucking shouldn't even really be in the business to begin with. That are like the ones that are like the big fucking gatekeepers for the boys. And they're going to tag all these fucking other shitty wrestlers on Facebook. Look what we did for the business, brother (laughs) gives a fuck. Like, honestly, who gives a fuck? Like, just say, Hey man, please leave. You're not supposed to be here. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like just act like a fucking adult. Uh, what's the official position on a war games type show and another lethal lottery? Is that coming back? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's logistics, you know what I mean? You need a big venue if you want to have two rings and two steel cages. And then, you know, first you need the venue, then you got to find the other ring, then you got to get the cage. You know what I mean? Um, so it's really just a logistics thing. Yeah. Um, And, and on the Thorns venue thing, the reason for years the WWE didn't run war games is the floor layout for war games is so rough <laughs> because you, it, it costs twice as two to three times as much money, and you usually can sell half as many tickets because the rings and the cages take up so much space. That's a fair point there. Uh, lethal lottery. No thoughts on that. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, probably a Winchester or something. You know, okay. like. Um, or, you know, potentially jail at weekend. I mean, pre pandemic, um, 
weird body weird body presented instead of doing you know we always had some kind of sort of day show for the jailet weekend and weird body um you know the last time we had a jailet we did the uh chandler biggins tag tournament weird body had suggested doing the biggins bowl uh the afternoon the saturday afternoon show of jailet so you know that's that's something that's you know still kind of on the back burner from when we get jailet uh squared away for uh this year and we kind of you know, figure out all those makeup dates that we're finally going to do from 2020. Um, so it's, it's certainly, I would say probably there'll be some sort of battle bowl lethal lottery sort of thing, probably at some point this year. Uh, all right. For Steve guy, which person on the roster would do best on a reality dating show? If chosen, I feel like I've had to answer this before. Um, I mean, one of the obvious ones is probably like, a Maserati West Barkley, Josh Bishop. I mean, the shooters in general would be money on a dating show, um, just because of their personalities. They, yeah, let's uh, get let's get Josh Bishop on Love Is Blind season three. Yeah, uh, you're, you know, in my in my in my book, you're missing the best person we could cast onto one of these dating shows. Uh, so are you going to say Kaplan? Kaplan? Kaplan, yeah. I was going to say Kaplan would be money. Even I'll tell you what, even the Duke on a dating show would be. Uh, some form of enter- entertainment, you know. Man, like, I'd, uh, I'd love to see Arthur MacArthur on one too, just to see if he keeps his 1920s shit going, or if he, or if he really leans into being being himself. <laughs> if he breaks on there, <laughs> uh, you know, she she's currently taken, but um, Jocelyn would would be great on a reality dating show. Uh, she's got a. a a very dynamic personality when you talk to her and um, man, she would be, she would be so funny because she would just not take any shit from other people, you know, cause they all have to live in a house. Like I, like the bachelor, the bachelorette and uh, she would not take any drama or, or bullshit from the other, <laughs> the other contestants in the house. And I just think that she'd be hilarious to watch on something like that or, um, I feel like PB probably wants to be on a reality <laughs> dating show, but uh, I mean, I don't know if he's playing the saxophone, maybe, but Jesus Christ with the saxophone. <laughs> he's got to, he's got to, he's got to play the saxophone and he's got to talk a little bit. He can't be worried about getting that chapstick over the whole time. Uh, you know, say some words, but yeah, Cap, I would say Kaplan and Jocelyn, maybe my top two. Uh, picks on there um let's see overall experience when how has my overall experience been when hosting wrestlers coming into town initially and now uh i don't really host as many now because they're all on to bigger things uh and on television but uh fine you know um i really just hosted people that i, I became friends with and a couple times well levi because, you know, doesn't take that horse and buggy all the way back late at night. Levi's crash in my place. It's still, he's Levi, very Levi might be the most in-demand independent wrestler here soon with these gas prices. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, yeah, Levi's, a, he's a great house guest. I love taking Levi to uh, places for lunch because people don't know what to, they don't know what to do when an Amish man just rolls in. It's great. Um. Speaking of reality dating show contestants, any chance of Brickster returning or is that proverbial ship sailed? 
dude, like nobody knows what happened. Like he was booked, he was booked uh, in September, and thought it was a joke and didn't come. So I don't know. I don't know. I've not talked to him really. He posted that you know he was done with indie. He was done with wrestling in general. So, um, for for all. From what we can tell, he's he's retired. He hung up the boots. He's found success in other things that he's doing, and it's great for him. We love Brickster, but uh, yeah, that's more of that's more of a Brick thing than an than an AIW thing. I think I think the ship has sailed when it comes to wrestling for Brickster as of now. So he has said. Um, I'm not going to read the last part of this question so it doesn't get anybody in trouble, but. Uh, Apart from AIW, what is your favorite indie? I mean, to be honest, like I, I kind of touched on it earlier. I don't really watch any other indies. I mean, I know that sounds kind of shallow or hard to believe, but I, I truly don't. I mean, you know, earlier in AIW when, you know, things were new and growing, you know, obviously paid attention to, you know, Chikara and CZW and IW Mid-South and <coughs> all those kind of, you know, hip indies, but... Now I just, I, I really don't follow anything. I don't care about anything. You know what I mean? It's like the, the business has changed so much. You know, there's, it's, our business has changed so much too. You know what I mean? It's like so much is based on people are coming out of the school as opposed to, you know, booking somebody because they were on PWG. You know what I mean? Like it's just, uh, everything is fundamentally changed about how we run AW. So, I don't really need to watch any other indies. Dom, you're a guy that gets out to other indies. You got uh, favorite places you like to visit? Um, obviously, like I'm an adopted child of the south, the southern wrestling scene. So I, I help out with Southern Underground Pro. So I love being there. Um, I get brought down to like every action show, and I, I'm a big fan of action. Um. I only did one show for them before the pandemic, but prestige is awesome. And I'm hoping to be back there later this year. Just get the West coast more in general. Um, and those are, those are definitely like probably like three of my tops right now. Um, I just recently did enjoy over in Pittsburgh and they were awesome. So I've got a couple more dates coming up for them uh, this year. And overall, it's just, it's a lot of fun right now. A lot of, a lot of good chances for us uh, young guys and gals to work and, gain that good experience. I will give a shout out to enjoy. I mean, I don't really know that much about it, but um, during the pandemic, when things were like totally shut down in Ohio and Pennsylvania was open, the promoter did reach out about potentially uh, hosting an AIW event because they had not yet gotten off the ground and they had, they, you know, had everything ready to go. Uh, But obviously, you know, (laughs) it it never kind of uh, worked out that way, but uh I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, you know, Kurt reached out and, you know, offered to uh, host us at the time when we were kind of down and out and shut down. And it just never, you know, really came together. But I always thought that that was, uh, pretty nice of them. They also have some sick stop motion. They also have some sick motion graphics. Oh, back to the motion graphics. Always comes back to the motion graphics. Yeah, just, they, 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 they got it done. Uh, C4 also actually uh, based out of Canada. They were really cool. Uh, when I was ready to come back, they had wanted me to do a show, I think like a week before Hell on Earth. And I told them that I wanted to save my big comeback for AIW. And they 
fully respected that decision. And, uh, you know, they gave, they still decided to keep me on for a number of dates this coming year. They're going to use Josh Bishop a lot this year. I know PME is going to work there some. Uh, so, they, you know, they like a lot of the AIW talent. So big shout out to C4. Uh, aside from AIW, my favorite indie is AIW Winchester. That's <laughs> that's the answer. AIXT? All right. AI, AIXT. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll wind this sucker down. Last chance. We answered the questions for you folks. Uh, final moments here as we go in to this week at the Winchester Wrestle Rave 2 coming to you live there. You can watch it on IWTV. If you don't purchase your ticket for $20, go to shop.aiwrestling.com if you want to come watch in person. Uh, if those sell out, no guarantee that we're going to have anything available at the door. But a whole fun evening. We we ran the list of matches for you. There will be glow sticks. I mean, we call it Wrestle Rave, and this is one of those shows where conceptually, you know, we, we get involved in the name of the show. So... Uh, glowing sunglasses, glow sticks within the crowd. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a great fun atmosphere. Uh, you need to come. You need to be there. The only way to really truly experience it is to be there. So if you live anywhere remotely close to the Cleveland and Lakewood area, uh, get your tickets and come on out to the Winchester this week. Otherwise, watch it uh, on, on IWTV. Any other final thoughts here, gentlemen? No, just come out and uh, support the show this Thursday. Hopefully we don't have uh, so many weeks off next time from the podcast. From the podcast, yeah. <coughs> also, we're returning to Akron on uh, September 26th, and tickets are March, flying. March, March, March 26th. 26th. March 26th, sorry. <laughs> tickets are flying for that. Um, so. A lot of cool stuff on that Akron card. We got we got Dr. De- Dr. D., Dave Schultz doing a very rare appearance, right, Thorn? Yeah, super rare, 2.0. A few other surprises. Uh, Gotta come get together. a taste. So, mm, both the March shows, <coughs> let's uh, let's pack them. I'm not going to get go. all doom. I'm not going to get all doom and gloom yet, but uh, <laughs> you know, tickets are tickets are going well for March 26. So I'm not super sad about how bad tickets are going for this Thursday. But like I said, if we could sell. 50 more tickets for this Thursday. I will be extremely happy. Yeah. Hey, look, this Winchester show, this is a great night out. Um, so if you've come to our shows before and you've got a friend that just wants to hang out and is looking for something to do, this is one of those shows. Bring somebody new to AIW, uh, you know, grab them and and bring them along for the ride and, and have a great time all night long and watch, uh, Big Dan Champion and Kaplan more than likely chug some beers, as we've already mentioned multiple times. And then, of course, the after party, hosted by the Rip City Shooters, Joshua Bishop and Maserati West Barkley. Uh, and that's going to do it here for us. So for Dominic Garini, for John Thorne, my name is Steve Guy, and we'll talk to you next week right here on The Card is Going to Change. Got some breaking news. Uh-oh. Josh Bishop did not win gut check at the Arnold Sports Classic. Oh, it's, he's, he's, he's still won our hearts. Okay, that's it. 